Hello and welcome into today's episode where we will be joining Legacy Church there in Shebbyville, Tennessee, where I will be preaching a word that I pray and I hope blesses your life. I pray it takes you to greater heights in the kingdom. Get ready because I believe God is going to do something special with what you're hearing today. You know you've been to church when folks start dropping addictions at the altar. Come on, somebody. Thank you, honey. Jesus, we worship you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on, how many of you are ready for the word? Come on, I love worship, but I love the word too, amen? So we're going to get us some word, and then guess what? We're going to worship again. Come on, somebody. Man, look at all these faces out here. Full house. Come on, somebody. We are growing here at the Legacy Church. We thank you for being here with us. If it's your first time here, will you just wave at me real quick? Your first time? Come on. Oh, come on. My people right there. Come on. Come on. Incredible. We welcome you to the Legacy Church. We know we have some seating issues, but we're going to fix that. Glory to God. We're either going to go to some extra services or we're going to knock out walls. We're going to move. We're going to do something. Praise God. I'm thankful that you're here this morning. I'm thankful that you came to the house of God. I'm thankful that you came to worship. I'm thankful that you're ready for the word. I believe that God is getting ready to do something incredible in your life this morning. Amen. If you believe that, can you give me one more shout and amen? Yes, God. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. It is our custom here at Legacy Church that we stand for the reading of God's word. We're coming from Genesis chapter 22, and we're continuing on in our series, Let's Get to Know Him. We've been studying out the names of God. I'll tell you what, the Lord has really just been blessing me in my study time when preparing the meat and potatoes and the bread and all of that for you during the week. It's been incredible. We're going to read 18 whole verses in the Bible this morning. Come on, somebody. We've got to read the word. Amen. Amen. Here we go. So we're dealing with Jehovah Jireh today. And normally I don't call the worship team with requests, but I did this week. Where is is Pastor Michael? Where'd he go? He ran off somewhere. He's probably serving somewhere. But man, it's incredible. We're talking about Jehovah Jireh today. Amen. Here we go. Verse one, the Bible says this. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. Touch a neighbor and tell him there's a test. And said to him, Abram, and he said, here I am. He said, take now your son, your only son. Touch a neighbor and tell him Ishmael didn't count. (laughs) Your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning. Touch a neighbor and tell him immediately. Yeah, with a G, immediately. That brother got up quick, fast, and in a hurry. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. On the third day, it said there. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. 
Verse 7. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide. That text actually says, Elohim will yara. Mm. Provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. The two of them walked on together. Then they came to the place of which God had told them, and Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. He called the name of that place, Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven. And he said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly bless you and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have what? Obeyed my voice father in the next couple of moments i ask that you would help me to preach and teach this word god help me to articulate it the way that you gave it to me god and may we leave this building not hearing some good preacher but knowing your character on a greater level as jehovah jireh god we honor you we bless your holy name come in and do what only you can do in jesus name Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So here we go. Let's start in part three of Let's Get to Know Him. And we are continuing on in our series that is letting us know and understand the very nature and character of God, who He is and what He has done. John 17, 3 says this, that this is eternal life that you would know God and know his son, Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. So eternal life is all wrapped up in knowing God. Oh, come on, somebody. Don't sit down on me now. Don't be quiet on me now. Come on. Eternal life is all about knowing God. It isn't about how good your church attendance is. (laughs) Come on. It ain't what denomination background you come from. Come on, it don't matter about what side of the tracks that you were born on. Eternal life is all wrapped up in knowing God and his nature and his character and his son, Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Amen. 
And so in week one, we talked about the Elohim and El Shaddai. The Elohim is God's omnipotent power. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. It talks about his creative power. We talked about El Shaddai, which means God Almighty, meaning that God is all-powerful. Amen. In week two, we talked about Jehovah or Yahweh, which those words are interchangeable, and Adonai, which those names mean Lord and Master. Adonai means Master and Lord. Remember, we talked about that last week, too. People are all good with a Savior, but there ain't many Christians that want a Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, let me get in your living room a little bit. We need a Lord and a Savior. Come on. He, he, you don't get to get him exclusively one from the other. If he is your Savior, he's got to be your Lord. If he's your Lord, he automatically equates to your Savior. Amen. I ain't got time to preach that again. But over the next several weeks, we're going to be dealing with the compound names of God. And here we start with the first one, which is Jehovah Jireh. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, uh, Jehovah Shalom. We're going to go into these compound names of God. Amen. And so this is the first and only text in the Bible that calls him Jehovah Jireh. It compounds two words, Jehovah and Jireh. Let me warn you real quick. I'm about to read a little bit, and I'm going to preach in a second, but you got to learn something. Come on, touch your neighbor and tell them, learn with me. Learn with me. So, so here we go. This is the first and only text that calls him Jehovah Jireh. It compounds two words, Jehovah and Jireh. Jehovah, which we have talked about, reveals God as the eternal, self-existing one, the God of revelation, the God of moral and spiritual attributes of righteousness, holiness, love, and therefore redemption. Amen. The God who stands in a special covenant with us his children. The name is found here in Genesis 22 in one of the greatest crises in the life of Abraham. Every event in his life has led up to this supreme hour from the time of his call and high destiny. Through every joy, through every trial and failure, through every measure of success and blessing through every hope and promise and assurance they have all been in preparation for this very event in Genesis chapter 22 Abraham has received the promised son of blessing whom God has told him he would bless him and that he would not only bless him but he would bless the nations through this seed and here God is having this conversation with Abraham saying I need you to put the promise and the blessing on the altar because I'm starting to notice something about you, that this blessing, Abraham, has got a hold of you. But not only that, I need to show you and everyone who will ever read this story something. Before I preach this text verse by verse today, let's talk about the name and where the name and the words come from, which give it its meaning. First of all, we must understand that this name Jehovah Jireh, the word Jireh is simply a transliteration of a Hebrew word that appears many times in the scriptures and what it is translated for and what it means. Through the context of the scripture this and this remarkable, remarkable event, the union with Jehovah has brought it to us as a compound name of God, but it is simply a verb that means to see. Jireh is simply a verb that means to see. 
So what connection can there be between the word see and provide? What can be the connection between the word see and provide for both these English words are used to translate the one Hebrew word and they seem distinct in their meaning. Meaning, are y'all okay? One writer declares because of God's eternal existence that with God is to see is to also foresee. As the one who possesses eternal wisdom and knowledge, he knows the end from the beginning. As Elohim, he is the all-knowing and all-wise and all-powerful one. From eternity to eternity, he foresees everything. But another word for see is vision. It is the Latin word video, meaning to see. Thus God foreseeing is his provision. Hence God provides. Provision, after all, is merely a compound word of two Latin words meaning to see beforehand. Uh, Pastor, that was a lot of reading and intellectual stuff, but what are you trying to say to me? What can I learn from this? Give me something applicable. You want something applicable? Here you go. Because he is Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees and provides, that means because of his prevision, he has provision, which means you serve a God who is proactive, not reactive. Oh, Jesus. You serve a God that is proactive, not reactive. Because of his prevision, he has provision. And we get all tore up when things don't go our way. But if you will recognize and know him as Jehovah Jireh, the one who has prevision, and in accordance to that, he will bring provision. Your, your situation and the way that you're looking at things can shift and they can change. Your God is not reactive. He is proactive. So before the problem ever showed up, that means that God already had the ram in the thicket. It means that God already had the provision. God already had the answer. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching real good. God already knew what was going to happen. God already seen the trouble that came your way. God already seen the knife that was about to get stuck in your back. You think they left you. They didn't leave you. God, when his provision and prevision had to remove them and get them out of your life. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on. He had to remove them and get them out of your life and expose the situation and expose the people. Why? Because he's a proactive God. He's not a reactive God. See, we tend to be reactive type of people. But what if we would be proactive type of believers? What if we would be proactive, spirit-filled people in the earth? I'm telling you right now, our perspectives would shift. When storms started to brew up in our life, we'd start singing and dancing instead of crying and weeping. We'd start singing and dancing and cry, instead of crying and weeping, knowing that there's a ram in the thicket, knowing that we serve a God who is proactive and not reactive. He is a God who has prevision, meaning he's a God who will bring provision. Oh, that's good. I just want to let that soak for a second. Come on. The God that you serve 
is not freaking out in heaven trying to figure this thing out every time something goes wrong in your life and every time somebody does something to you and every time you get fired and every time that something goes wrong and every time that the finances don't seem to be in the bank account to make this thing stretch out and make this thing go like it's supposed to go. Come on, he is the God of prevision, so he's the God of your provision. But it's going to take a shift in your perspective to start praising him because when you praise him, you can bring him into your situation. And when you can bring him into your situation, you'll not only get, you'll get his hand. You'll get his hand where the provision is. I got to go. I got to go. Come on. This means that he doesn't. This means he doesn't bring the provision after the problem shows up. <laughs> he doesn't bring the provision after the problem shows up. Abraham didn't even notice the ram was already there. <laughs> Come on, he's not, a, he's not a reactive God. He's a proactive God. Come on, he's Jehovah Jireh. The ram is in the thicket. Some of us need to stop worrying about the ones that left you or the ones that left. Come on. They didn't, they didn't leave. God exposed them. Amen. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the ram that's in the thicket. His provision, his prevision is bringing his provision. You didn't get the other job because God is getting ready to promote you where you're at. You, you, you didn't close on the house last year because God knew that the recession was going to hit this year. And he also knows with his prevision that your future can't handle you having a bankruptcy or a foreclosure. Y'all, I'm just real. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on, stop freaking, about, freaking out about the tough situations and the bad things that might even be going on in your life because it's not what it looks like. It's God's protection and his provision because of his prevision. Let me preach it verse by verse. Can I preach it how I want to? Come on. If you're going to know him as Jehovah Jireh, you're going to have to understand that there is a test. Come on. If you're going to understand him as Jehovah Jireh, you're going to have to understand that there, there is a test. Verse 1 says this. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. We need to stop there. If we're going to understand him as Jehovah Jireh, you're going to have to understand that there is a test. And guess what? You need to pass the test. Let me say that again. You need to pass the test. You'll never step into your next until you pass the test. Let me say that again because y'all ain't shouting as good as I'm preaching it. Come on. I said you'll never step into your next until you pass the test. God will never tempt you, but God will test you. Come on, touch a neighbor and tell them there's levels to this. There's levels to this. Come on, but you don't get to the next level if you don't pass the test. Crisis reveals your character. I said crisis reveals your character. Tweet that. Crisis reveals your character. Test unfold your testimony. Test unfold your test. Can I just say, Christians that don't go through anything make me nervous. <laughs> Y'all laughing, but I'm serious. Christians, Christians that don't ever go through anything, they make me very, very nervous. 
They make me nervous because there are some things, my friend, that you can only find out about yourself when you are going through the fire. My friend, there are some things that you can only find out about yourself when your whole world is falling apart. My friend, there are some things that you can only find out about yourself when they file for the divorce. Come on. There are some things that you can only find out about yourself when there ain't a dime in your bank account or a cookie in your cupboard. There is some things that you can only find out about yourself when you're walking through the fire and you're walking through the tribulation and you're walking through the troubles. I came to tell somebody today that you've got to go through some things to get to where God's trying to take you. Come on, there's some things that you can only find out about yourself when God lets you go through some things. I must be preaching good because even my wife is excited this morning. Shoo! My goodness. Come on. When you go through some things, if you'll pass the test and do what God told you, he'll bless you. Why? Because now God knows that he can trust you. There it is. There it is, because now that you've gone through some things and you have passed the test, God can trust you. Because if he can trust you with the little things, he can trust you with the big things. Can I just say this? Some people trip me out, though. Some people trip. God has called me to be a prophet to the nations, but you can't even tithe. Waiting on a tomato or something. God's called me to be a prophet to the nations. God called me to be an evangelist. God called me to be a five-fold ministry. God called me to do this. God called me to do that. But you sow and invest nothing into the kingdom of God. Come on. God is going to bless me with an incredible, godly, spirit-filled wife, and we're going to go out and change the world. But God can't trust you on your iPhone. And you think he's going to give you one of his daughters. God is going to bless and expand my business, but you're a tyrant on the job site and nobody wants to work for you. Come on. God is going to give me the promotion I've been praying for. Meanwhile, you're doing the bare minimum at work and talking bad about your boss behind his back that holds your promotion in his hand. Oh, I am. Y'all ain't talking to me. I needed more. Come on. I'm trying to tell you. That in order for you to know him as Jaira, there is a test. So you need to know that there is a test, but you also need to pass the test. No test, no testimony. No test, no testimony of how he brought you out. You can't know him as the one who sees and provides if you've never been through anything. Come on, crisis reveals character. And the test builds your testimony. Stop crying about the test and just study. I ain't got a Bible. Here goes some scripture. Just study for the test. Because if you hide the word in your heart, you'll pass the test. Come on, if you renew your mind and your spirit, you'll pass the test. Come on, I can't stand it when my students at BTB like, I, I don't know why I can't pass that test. You ain't study. That's why you didn't pass it. That's why I didn't pass in school. Because I didn't study. I was busy doing other stupid things. Bless God. (laughs) Watch this. He tells them, take your son, your only son, and go to the place that I tell you. Take your son, your only son, 
and go to the place that I tell you. Watch this. Jehovah Jireh doesn't recognize what he doesn't authorize. <laughs> oh, Jehovah Jireh doesn't even recognize what he does not authorize. See, Jehovah Jireh never authorized Ishmael to be birthed into the earth. But that happens when Abraham and Sarah and Hagar begin to take things and take matters into their own hands. Why? Because God was taking too long. Je Jehovah Jireh was taking too long. Come on. Some of us in the room need to get over the amount of time that it's taken, but hold on to the promise. Come on, somebody. And hold on to the thing that God has given you and hold on to the vision that God has given you because he will see it come to pass. But in his prevision and provision, he will not hand it to you until you are ready for it. But if you go birthing things in the earth that God has not authorized, they will wreak havoc and sabotage the, prom sabotage the promise that God has given you. God in his prevision, I about fail, we got to fix this floor. God, God in his prevision sees and knows that Ishmael is going to, that not Ishmael, but the descendants of Ishmael are going to wreak havoc on the children of Israel. So he never, he never authorizes it, and now it creates sabotage to the promise. It creates sabotage upon the promise. When you go trying to take matters into your own hands with the promise that God has given you, the ministry that God has given you, the business that God has given you, the relationships that God has given you, you can go and birth things that can wreck and sabotage the promise that God has given you, but you've got to understand and recognize something. You've got to hold off until God gives you the okay. Jairo doesn't even recognize what he has not authorized. Point number three here, Abraham. Abraham got up early and saddled his donkey. Let's stop. Abraham got up early and saddled his donkey. To know him as Jira, when he says something, you need to get up quickly and do what God told you to do. You need to get up quickly and do what God told you to do. Can I just say this? Your destiny doesn't have time for you to go back and forth with God, questioning and giving your long list of why you are disqualified from the very thing that he's calling you to do. I encourage you to act like Abraham and not Moses at the burning bush. Abraham, God tells Abraham to do something. He gets up early in the morning, gets his stuff together, and he goes to the mountain that God shows him. Moses is sitting there at the burning bush, and he is giving his list of disqualifications and this is wrong and what should I do and how should I handle this but Abraham is known as faith and Moses is there stuttering over his words because he's going back and forth with God on what God had already told him to do now now let me back off of Moses real quick because he's a patriarch but but y'all know what I'm saying he does eventually go do what God has told him to do right but why don't we want to, we need to be like Abraham that jumps up early in the morning 
and says, God, where do you want me to go? And who do you want me to talk to on the way? And what do you need me to take for my trip? Oh, you need some wood. I need the fire. I need a knife. Okay, let me go. Oh, you want me to give you my son? Let me take that too. Let me saddle this donkey and let me get my butt where God told me to go. Come on, somebody. We need to get up quickly and swiftly and go to the places and the people and the things that God has told us to go to. Notice that there is no discussion. Notice that Abraham doesn't act like Moses at the burning bush. If you want to know him as Jireh and the Lord who provides, you're going to have to walk in obedience. But not, walk, not only walk in obedience, but to do it quickly. Point four here, the Bible says that Abraham split the wood. He took part in what God was calling him to do. God was going to do his part at the sacrifice, and Abraham believed that, but he was prepared for what God asked him to do. Abraham brings the wood, the fire, the knife, and the boy. Abraham is prepared. He brings the fire. He brings the wood. He brings the knife. He brings the wood. There it is. If you want to know him as, J- as Jira, you're just going to have to bring what you have. And be prepared for the trip that he's called you to go on. All you've got to do is bring what you have and God will provide what you need. Ah, there it is. All you've got to do is bring what you have and God will provide everything that you need. Abraham gets up and he brings everything for the, uh, for the, uh, for, for the moment that God has told him is necessary. Just bring what you have to the worship session and God will bring yours and let Jireh do the rest. Can I just say this? This brother is 137 years old. Y'all missed that one, didn't you? He, he's 137 years old. But he's splitting the wood and he's climbing the mountain, which, by the way, is 777 kilometers above where he is standing when he is called. That's a number of completion three times. Oh, I'll mess with that in a minute. Come on, but to all the seasoned saints in the room, can I just say this? You ain't too old. Come on, to all the seasoned saints in the room, you are not too old. God is not done with you. Come on, us young folks will dance for you. Us young folks will sing for you. Us young folks will run laps and we'll shout for you. But we need your work ethic. Come on, we still need your voice. We still need your wisdom. We need your presence. We need your participation. Come on. We need your anointing. We need your call. Because we can't do this without you. We can't do this without the mothers and fathers in the faith. We can't do this without spiritual mothers and fathers leading the way with the young folks. We got a 13-year-old up here leading us in worship. And I always think of Miss Precious Joyce, a seasoned saint that loves the Lord with all her heart, hanging out with all of us young folk. And putting up with our loud music. Come on, Miss Joyce. Jesus. Still on a mission for God. 
She just shared a testimony Wednesday about how she led a lady to the Lord who was an atheist her whole life on her deathbed. Why? Because she's known him as Jehovah Jireh. She's seen him as El Shaddai. She knows him as Elohim. She knows him as Jesus. And she's seen him bring the ram in the thicket. I'm about to run a lap. Verse 5, stay here while the boy and I go over yonder and worship, and we shall return. Hold up. God told him when he got up to go sacrifice the boy, but he says we shall return for Elohim will Jireh. Elohim will provide. Three things I want to point out to you. Number one is this. Sacrifice is worship. He speaks faith in this moment. And his obedience is what is counted to him as his faith. Sacrifice is worship. Watch this. If it don't cost you, it ain't worship. (laughs) That's why when we say when we take up our tithe and offering, we say that it is an act of worship. Because if it don't cost you, it ain't worship. C- come on, if you're worshiping and maybe nobody looks at you crazy, maybe it ain't costing, maybe it ain't costing you no thing. Come on, if it ain't sacrifice, it ain't worship. He speaks faith. Watch this. He tells the two dudes he brought with him, y'all stay here. We're going up there, but don't worry, we'll be right back. Faith is the currency of heaven. If you have been here at any time with me, you've probably heard me say that too much. But I'll say it again. Faith is the currency of heaven. What is currency? Provision. If you're going to know him as Jireh, you're going to need faith. Can I tell you where Abraham's faith comes from? Can I tell you where Abraham's faith comes from? His testimonies from the test that he has went through in life. Abraham's faith is built off of the testimonies from the test that he has had in his life. His first test was where God speaks to him one day and says, leave everything that you know and leave everyone that you know and go to the land that I am showing you. His second test was to break off and leave Lot. Come on, somebody. His second test was to break off and leave Lot. So he breaks off and he leaves Lot. His third test was to trust and believe God when God told him that you will have a son at 100 years old. There's his third test and here is his fourth test. But Abraham begins to look back on his life after God has told him, I need you to take your son, I need you to take your one and only son, and I need you to go to the place that I'm showing you and lay him down on the altar. The very thing I promised you, the very thing I have blessed you with, I'm telling you to lay it down on the altar and give it back to me y'all ain't saying nothing what are you trying to say pastor I'm trying to tell you that you just need to look back on the test in your life and the test in your life can build some faith I'm reminded of David David gets his kids kidnapped his wives kidnapped and all of his military's wives and kids kidnapped and David is sitting there and his own army is about to overthrow him his own army is about to turn on him and kill him and the Bible says 
says this, that David encouraged himself in the Lord. How does David encourage himself in the Lord? David begins to look back on his life and he remembers all the times that God had him. Come on, he remembers when the lion and the bear came up on the back end of a desert when wasn't nobody looking. He remembers the time when he stood before a giant and he slays him as a 15-year-old boy. What are you trying to say again, Pastor? I'm trying to tell you just look back on your life and all the times that God's been with you when they left you, when they abandoned you, when they stuck a knife in your back, when you even made bad decisions and did stuff on your own. I'm telling you, you can encourage yourself in the Lord and it will build your faith. That right there is how Abraham had his faith to an extreme level that would have had everybody looking at him saying, you're crazy. Uh, that crazy type of faith. Come on, somebody. That crazy type of faith that says people that people tell you, you need to get on medication. Come on, you're crazy. You need to get on. Med- you got stupid type of faith. Stupid faith. You sound crazy. That, that's it. You understand that's what's happening with Abraham in this moment. I don't even think he told Sarah where he was going because he's like, uh-uh, I ain't telling her. She waited 100 years for this too. I ain't even telling her. Boy, come on, we're going to worship. We're going to church. <laughs> but he had that faith. And that faith is what drawed on heaven. And it was God's prevision that brought, brought the provision to the very moment. But it all had to do with faith. Amen. Y'all all right? I feel like I'm losing my voice again. Y'all got to have, I'm going to have to stop shouting at y'all so much. Lost it last week. And here it goes again. But I'm all right. Here we go. Point six. He built an altar, placed the wood in order, and bound Isaac. God requires whatever he gives you that you be willing to give it back to him. God requires whatever he gives you that you be willing to give it back to him. Come on. Are you willing to bind and burn what God told you to build? Would you be willing to bind and burn what God told you to build? In other words, he wants you to have the blessing and not the blessing to have you. God wants you to have the blessing, but he doesn't want the blessing to have you. Point number seven here. You got to lift up the knife for the ram to be in the thicket. You got to lift up the knife for the ram to be in the thicket. Abraham does not even realize that the ram is already there until he lifts up the knife and then God speaks. But if you will lift up the knife, Meaning that you are willing to throw your hand in the air and surrender and say, God, whatever it is that you have given me, I am willing to give it back to you. Whatever you have called me to build, God, I'm willing to hand it right back to you because it shall not be said of me that the blessing has me and that I have not obtained the blessing from God. You've got to be willing to lay it all down. Watch this. Number eight. The ram is provided the ram is provided Abraham lifts the knife and the angel of the Lord shows up and says stop 
Can I just say this? We don't talk about this scenario enough. We don't talk about this scenario enough that the ram was provided and that Abraham still had to perform a sacrifice. Because when we talk about Abraham moving forward and slaying the lamb and killing the lamb and killing the ram, what is happening in that moment is very, very important for you to understand. Just because God provided it doesn't mean that it was going to be easy. Why? Do y'all understand? No, you don't understand. Because <laughs> we never did it. Do you understand what it would be like to sacrifice animals all the time? <laughs> Very bloody. Very messy. Very, to be honest, horrific. Because you had to slit the animal's throat. And I don't know if you've ever heard a lamb or a ram or an animal dying, but they cry and they weep. They're being murdered. They're being slain. Because of sin, it was bringing about death. You understand that this is why the sacrificial system was put in place in the Old Testament. It was not because we serve some weird God who wants us slaying animals and slinging blood everywhere and, and acting like occultic people. No, this has started all the way back in the garden because when Adam and Eve sin, the earth is now subjected to futility and now the wind don't know how much to blow. We have tornadoes and hurricanes and now the earth is shaking and there's earthquakes and now they go from paradise to now there's deserts and now there's glaciers. And God knows that Adam and Eve being covered by fig leaves is never going to work. So he kills animals in the garden and creates clothes for them. Blood was shed in that moment. And the Bible says that when God made all of his creation, including the beast of the field, that it was good. God loves with an agape type of love, not fickle type of love like we as humans do. So God, because of sin, had to slay his own creation that he enjoyed and that he loved. Hence, sin brings death in the earth. Blood, pain, mess, horrific, crying, pain, tears. Are y'all catching what I'm telling you? This morning, even though God provided, it was still a little bit messy. Come on, that thing that God wants to provide for you, it doesn't mean that it's always going to be sunshine and rainbows and that there's never going to be trials and that there's never going to be tribulations and that there's never going to be heartache and that there's never going to be pain and that there's never going to be tears or even weeping and mourning. Come on, I'm trying to tell you, He is Jehovah Jireh, but it doesn't mean that there is no pain on the other end of the thing that He provides for you. But if you step into the thing that He provides for you, you, you'll be walking in the blessing. You'll be walking in the promise. You'll be fulfilling your destiny on the earth. And let me tell you, my friends, there is nothing more pleasing than to fulfill the destiny that God has placed on your life and to walk all the days of your life smack dab right in the middle of the will of God. That's where the blessing is, my friends. It's to be in the will of God. 
Abraham calls the place the Lord who sees will provide. Then he says something profound. Don't miss this. In the mount, the Lord will provide. In the mount, the Lord will provide. This is important because it's the mountain that God told him to go to. You want to know him as Jehovah Jireh. If you, you can't know him as Jehovah Jireh if you're not where God told you to be. Let me say that again. You will never know him as Jehovah Jireh if you're not in the place that God has told you to be. He can't provide the ram if he goes to Mount Zion. He can't provide the ram if he goes to Mount Sinai. He can't provide the ram if he goes to Mount Ararat. He can't provide the ram if he goes to Mount Carmel. The, The mountain God told him to be at was the mountain where he was. And you can never and will never experience the provision of God if you're not in the will of God and the place where God told you to be. This mountain is significant, and we're going to get to that in just a second. One of my last points here, faith, obedience, and the fear of the Lord is what qualifies you for the blessing. Did y'all catch that from all of this text? Faith, obedience, and the fear of the Lord is what qualifies you to walk at the blessing of God. Come on, we good about talking about the blessing. Come on, I'm blessed going in and blessed coming out. Come on. I'm the head and not the tail. We've gotten good where we can sing it. I'm the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. Come on, my enemies will come at me one way and they will leave and be scattered seven different ways. But let me tell you something right now. There's a qualification for that scripture and I'll sing it with the best of them. And I believe it and I love it because I want to walk in the blessing of God. But there is a qualification to walk in the blessing of God. It's going to take some faith. It's going to take some obedience. It's going to take you walking in the fear of the Lord. And if you walk in all three of those things, God will bless you come on and then you can become the head and not the tail and you could be blessed going in and blessed going out blessed in the city and blessed in the country come on you can be and have all of those things but will you walk in faith will you walk in obedience to the crazy things that God tells you like lay your son up on an altar Come on, will you walk in the, in the crazy things and leave New Jersey where you've grown up your whole life and come serve at a ministry on faith? Because we ain't got no money here at BTB. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> the currency of heaven, y'all are fixing to be blessed because you stepped out in faith to the thing that God has called you to do. Come on, can you do the crazy things? That God tells you to do, because if you do, you'll qualify yourself to walk in the greatest blessing that you could ever walk in. Come on, I'm trying to tell you that it takes faith, it takes obedience, and it takes the fear of the Lord. Oh, gosh, don't get me preaching on that. We need the fear of God. We need a revival of the fear of God in America. Jesus says, why do you fear man? That can only kill the body. Why do you not fear God who can destroy both the body and the soul? And we worried about being politically correct instead of standing on the word of God. 
help, help me, Jesus. I got to go. I can't preach this right now. But we need the fear of God. Look, the word is the word and the word is the truth. The word is him. If it's in the word, give it to me. If it's in the word, it's truth. We have to stand on the truth and not what our society and culture says is right. But we must stand on the word of God that says that, that his word and his standard and his principles are the right way of doing things. I got to go. Worship team, y'all can come because I'm closing. I'm closing and I'm closing with this. Remember when I told you earlier that Abraham was being tested by God, but that this was also a foreshadow of something of God trying to show Abraham and not only Abraham something, but everybody who would ever read this text for all time until Jesus return. God was trying to show humanity something from Genesis chapter 22. Come on, I told you earlier, yes, God is dealing with Abraham, but he's revealing himself as the one who sees, the one with vision, the one with prevision, and in return will make provision. He says this to Abraham, take your son, your only son. Ishmael, I told you earlier, this is a foreshadow of Jesus. Ishmael represents Adam because God originally called him his son but yet he only recognized Jesus as the begotten I'm gonna blow your mind right here did you know that Mount Moriah is the very site of Golgotha Mount Moriah on the edge and outside of the city is Calvary Abraham sees where he's supposed to go on the third day. Isaac carries the wood on his back like Jesus carried the cross. They were both born miraculously. Isaac, mother had her, him at a hundred years old. Jesus, mother had him supernaturally because Mary did not know a man. She got pregnant by the Holy Ghost. They were both, watch this, about 33 years in age. We got it wrong when we're painting pictures of little Isaac being a teenage boy. He was a grown man. Well, prove it, Pastor. Flip over one chapter and you do the math on Sarah's death in Genesis 23. He's 30-something years old. Isaac questioned his dad, where's the sacrifice? Jesus hanging on a cross says, Father, why have you forsaken me? But then God shows up. Come on, I said, then God shows up. God provides the ram for Abraham. Just like he was trying to show Abraham, you don't have to put your son on the altar. I'm going to put my son 
on the altar because he was the lamb slain before the very foundation of the world. I told y'all earlier the Elohim is plural. It's representation of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all up in the middle of creation and in everything. He was there that day that God created this thing and spoke this into existence. He was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And God provided the sacrifice. This is a foreshadow of it all. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus' eternal name is Logos, meaning the Word, the full concept of God. He's in it from Genesis to Revelation. He's in it from Genesis to Revelation. The Old Testament is Him concealed, and the New Testament is Him revealed in a document that was written over 4,000 years by 66 different authors. You can't tell me there ain't a God that perfectly weaves this thing together. And I'm here to tell you, my friend, that His Word is alive because His Word is Him. Jesus is your ram in the thicket. Jesus is your ram in the thicket. Come on, with every head bowed, not closing this place this morning. If there's somebody here in this room that says, I need to have an encounter with the lamb today. I want Jesus to be that sacrifice and then I'll do as Romans 12 too and offer my life as a living sacrifice. I need to receive the provision for my salvation from God today. Come on, if that's you, just lift your hand and you say, I want to give my heart and my life to Jesus today. One, two, three. Come on. Four, five. Come on, you want to give your heart and your life to Jesus today. As the family of God, I want us to pray this prayer together. Repeat after me. Say, Father God, I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he is my ram in the thicket. That God, you provided for me. You provided salvation for me to have a whole new way of living and a whole new way of thinking. God, please forgive me of my sins and my trespasses. I give you my life. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your power. I give you my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, lose your mind. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like to support the ministry of the Recovery to Recovered podcast, you could go to 
canvasshebbyville.com or bethebushministries.com. If you're enjoying the content that you are receiving here on the show, you can also follow me on social media on TikTok at Pastor Caleb Mack, as well as Instagram, Pastor Caleb Mack, and on Facebook under Caleb McCall. Be blessed. Until next time on the Recovery to Recovered podcast.